Welcome to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with MedTech leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Pandora, or Deezer. Welcome back to the Latin MedTech Leaders Podcast, a conversation with leaders who have succeeded or plan to succeed in Latin America. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, etc. Today, our guest is Josh Kong. He is the Chief Commercial Officer at Endosound, a company dedicated to expanding access to endoscopic ultrasound technology worldwide. So, Josh, it's great to have you here today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Awesome, Josh. So let's get started with your journey to the region, to Latin America, Josh. How is it that you got involved? Well, I mean, my journey to Latin America started at birth. So I'm proud to, to be um, a descendant of a Venezuelan. My mother migrated to the United States uh, in college, and um, she's been here ever since. So my affinity uh, to Latin America started at birth, and I've had the opportunity to be immersed into that culture from a very early age, um, had the opportunity to visit Venezuela a dozen or more times over the years. And um, my love for Venezuela and Latin America kind of started there. Um, from, a, from a business perspective, uh, my journey started a little bit later, of course. Um, had the opportunity to meet a number of KOLs and physicians um, who visited the States for conventions. Um, I was the resident Spanish speaking person in the booth when my Latin American colleagues were at other meetings or hadn't arrived to the booth quite early enough. Um, so that helped me forge a relationship with those folks in the sense that I could, um, help communicate with their customers when they weren't there. Um, and that helped me forge a relationship with them that really, uh, was ongoing for a number of years. Um, so we, we kept in touch. We talked about strategy, et cetera, et cetera. And then um, when I started at Indosound, my friends there really encouraged me to, and the organization, to, to look at Latin America as an opportunity to do a lot of our early work and, and, and reach out to some KOLs down there. And, and we took their advice, and it's been fantastic. Excellent. I'm so glad to hear that, uh, Josh. So let's talk about uh, trends in Latin America. What do you see happening in the region that is relevant to the discussion about clinical research or commercialization of medical technologies? In yeah, I mean, uh, historically, med device would go to Europe. Um, that was the kind of feeding ground for early device work, first in man work. Um, and, you know, at Pentax, it was always a struggle to see all those devices being developed and sold in Europe first, and then it would come to the United States. And now, um, with what is perceived to be a much more difficult and arduous process with the MDR, um, medical device companies are looking for other areas to do some early um, stage work. And I'm seeing a lot of uh, companies like Endosound uh, look to Latin America, where there's lots of opportunity um, to work and, and learn. And the, the, the ground in Latin America is fertile with wonderful um, physicians, KOLs, that are very well respected here in the United States and around the world. And um, our experience down there has been second to none. Um, so I see, I see a lot of companies starting to do what they did in Europe years ago now, going to Latin America and doing a lot of that early stage work. Excellent. Yes, I see that too. That's, that's um, certainly uh, a trend that uh, has been happening for probably five years now, where 
um, in, in essence, I see Latin America getting more mature. Um, and, and, and companies are looking more seriously at the region as a, as a, as a world-class region for many, for many activities, uh, including clinical research and also commercialization. So, you know, it's, a, it's, it's great for patient care, right? Because uh, especially in Latin America as well, right? The patients there are, are getting access to technologies that they may not have received previously. But quite frankly, it's really expediting these technologies to become available to people around the world, right? Um, you know, just in the same manner as it was done in Europe, now it's done in Latin America. And, um, you know, I think if companies take advantage of the opportunity down there, uh, they'll see some enormous benefits from a time to market perspective to building better products, being to market sooner, but also with a better product that, that enhances patient care. Yeah. So now that we're in the topic of trends, um, I want to have your take on what's happening in Europe for the audience to understand. What is it that we're talking about here? Uh, what do you think is happening in Europe? What is it that is so difficult to commercialize or to do research in, in that region? You know, the, the, I'm no expert, right, in regards to the regulatory environment in, in Europe. However, um, some of the clinical requirements that are required as part of the MDR has really made it more difficult to, to go to Europe. Um, it's a much longer process. There are a lot more requirements that are required. Um, you know, then there's the... Um, the process of, um, oh, I can't think of it now. My apologies. But there's there's a number of policies that are in place that are making it a little bit more difficult um, to go there. Yeah. And the number of notified bodies uh, got reduced dramatically. So there's a backlog. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. That, that's another issue as well. Um, yeah. Getting into the notified bodies and now that they've reduced them is, is also a challenge. Yeah. So. Okay. So hopefully that means more business and newer technologies in Latin America? I think so. I, I really do. Um, you know, I've been, you know, working for a startup now, really in a consulting and full-time capacity for over three years now. I've had the opportunity to meet and talk to other leaders of startups. And um, this idea of going to Latin America is very intriguing. Um, and there are so many advantages to going down there. I think we're going to continue to see the trend of folks going to Latin America and getting some work done. Beautiful. All right, so let's talk about um, what you're doing in Latin America today. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we started in Ecuador. We've done all of our first-in-man or all of our clinical work in, in Ecuador, and, and we've done a little over a dozen cases. Um, and it's been incredibly beneficial from not just a commercial perspective, but an engineering perspective and an R&D perspective. Uh, we went to Ecuador under strict clinical readiness reviews. Um, to be sure that the, the product was efficable and safe for patients. Um, our physician partner, um, you know, received our protocol, looked at our protocol, accepted our protocol after a number of changes. And we were able to get a bunch of feedback. We've actually been able to iterate more quickly. Uh, whereas if we would have um, not gone to Latin America prior to commercialization, we might not have as good a product to market. So we've been able to, yeah, we, our engineering team has been able to take feedback from some of those early cases, and we've actually iterated. We've changed the product to do a little bit different things than we thought it could do, um, and, and it's been incredibly helpful. Um, the gentleman that we're partnering with is Dr. Carlos Robles. Um, he is a thought leader, not just in Latin America, but in the United States. He's on the speaker circuit here in the U.S. He visits here quite, quite frequently. Um, and, and many of the things that he has learned down there has informed, um, informed our R&D group. And we believe that when we go to market, 
in the next six months, we're going to have a better better product, which is going to give better patient care, um, et cetera, et cetera. Very good. Wow. And how is it that you found Dr. Robles uh, in Ecuador? Yeah. So um, having uh, been at Pintax for 14 years and and having developed relationships with the Latin American team, um, the the U.S. side used Carlos as well as a speaker, um, as someone who we could get early feedback on devices that Pintax may have gone to Latin America with first. So I had the opportunity to first meet him there. Um, and then one of my Latin American mentors, Peter Mendiola, who has run the Latin American market for a number of different companies, um, you know, really encouraged us to reach out to Carlos um, early on. We did that. And, and Carlos actually did a lot of our early animal work as well. Nice. Okay. Um, so he came over here and um, helped us with that. So it's been an awesome partnership. It really has. And I believe he's going to be starting a, a study here in, in the next couple months. Um, you know, in regards to our technology and how it compares to those that are already existing. Very good. Very good. The study in the United States led by Dr. Carlos. Well, he, yeah, he's going to, he's going to do the study in Ecuador and he will lead, he will lead the study. Oh, okay. Okay. So Josh, any, um, comments about the hospital infrastructure in Ecuador, about the skills of the investigators or the team, the research team and all that? Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, the, the, the facility that we've done our um, device work at is really second to none. Um, the folks are um, always surprised when we when we take them down there with us. We take the folks down to look at it. And, you know, they have the latest and greatest equipment on the market. It really is a benefit to an early stage company because that's what we're comparing ourselves to, right? When we come to the United States, they're going to, they, they don't want you to compare yourself to a to an older technology that might not be on the market. So in our case, we actually compared ourselves to equipment that is the latest and greatest being sold across, around the world. So from an equipment perspective, from a facility perspective, second to none. And then from a clinical expertise perspective, second to none. So the, the center that we use um, is a training center. Um, it's endorsed by the World Endoscopy Organization and a number of other societies. Um, they... Uh, train a number of uh, advanced fellows every year. Um, I had the opportunity to meet uh, a number of those fellows uh, that have now gone back to Mexico, for example, and one that's gone back to Romania. And the benefit to them is that they're getting their hands on the latest and greatest of technologies. Um, And they've had the opportunity to see and, and use Endosound as well, which has been a great benefit. Um, and they're, they're highly motivated to, to, to continue to work with Endosound because they believe the technology can bring benefits to their markets as well. So, um, the clinical, the, the clinical team there, the research team, again, second to none, we, we have no, uh, reservations in regards to, to doing our clinical research there and, and, and doing our early stage work there. Wow. I'm, I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, and, and Ecuador is not a country that I usually hear companies, uh, um, do research on. Uh, so um, usually you hear Colombia, Paraguay, other countries, Mexico, but it's the first time they hear Ecuador. <laughs> so that's why I'm so curious about your, your experience. Yeah. You know, the staff is amazing. Um, you know, maybe it's endoscopy, maybe it's different specialties, have their different areas in Latin America or whatnot. Um, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a new and up and comer and, and, and Carlos certainly is one of those folks that, uh, is highly respected. And, 
he, he did a lot of his training in Europe as well. Um, that I think builds some credibility for him. And um, in any event, uh, there's a number of companies in the endoscopy world that actually use his center and other centers in, in Ecuador. Um, so we find Ecuador to be, again, a, just a wonderful place to work from a culture perspective and ease to work there. Um, you know, and, and in, in regards to this particular lab, it's five minutes from the airport and, and, and the hotel is connected to the hospital. So it's like a two minute work, uh, walk to work every day. So it's convenient. The food's not bad. Uh, we like to have fun. Seafood, right? <laughs> yeah. Excellent. I'm glad. I'm glad. And uh, do you have to go through at this committee review or Ministry of Health review? Uh, what was your experience uh, in that area? So the account um, handles it all, right? So we provide them with a protocol. We provide them with our clinical readiness review to show that we've done certain tests to make sure it's safe and efficable. Um, and then they handle that through their IRB process. So they kind of handle all of the ins and outs of what's required um, for us to come there and do early stage work. Nice. Very good. So you don't have to use the services of a consultant, regulatory consultant or a third party agency, uh, CRO or anything like that. Correct. It's it's okay. turn it's turnkey, uh, which they make it very easy, right, to work with. Um, now we do consult, and we have consulted with our regulatory consultant to make sure that the things that we're doing down there, um, you know, are are able to be done, et cetera. You know, one of the things that we also were allowed to do, uh, and this is just based on the fact that Carlos is a rock star, um, he's, he's been invited uh, to be on global um, endoscopy courses, live endoscopy courses. So back in um, I guess it was earlier part of this year. Um, there's a program called Endoscopy on Air. And um, Carlos and Indosound were, were asked to participate. So we were able um, to do some cases with Carlos in preparation for that. And then we went live. So we had a live case done on, on a patient in Ecuador where thousands, thousands of physicians were able to see the technology. And again, because the facility is second to none, you know, uh, they're able to pipe in, you know, the, the recorders and, and video everything and streamed perfectly. And uh, the responses that we received worldwide were almost too many that we could handle. But that was another huge advantage of going down there. We, we could have never done that in the United States, but because Carlos was asked to participate he thought highly enough of our technology to use it. And um, it's just a, an awesome opportunity that we took advantage of. Beautiful. I'm so happy to hear that. And do you mind naming the city in Ecuador? Yeah, it's Guayaquil. Sorry. It's oh, Guayaquil. 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 Oh, beautiful city right by the water. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to go to the Galapagos, but that's, um, that's on, my, <laughs> it's on my bucket list when I go down there again soon. Have you gone to Quito? To Quito? You know, we have not been to Quito yet. Okay, Quito's a nice city, very historical. Yeah, so you fly directly from the U.S. to Guayaquil, Miami, Guayaquil, four hours, five minutes to the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Great One setup. minute to the hotel bar, and then <laughs> <laughs> great setup. Love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, so Jeff, let's talk about your your future plans in Latin America. What is it that you want to continue doing in Latin America or you want to do differently in Latin America? Yeah, I, I think our um, our experience down there has been so good um, that we plan to continue down there. 
Um, there are certain markets that are a little bit easier to navigate in regards to the regulatory environment. And we plan to take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, we are in discussions with markets such as Venezuela, uh, Venezuela, uh, Costa Rica, Brazil, um, Chile. Um, and we, we intend on going down there very soon after our submission to the FDA. So once that, once we have all of our VNV work done and everything where we feel like, um, we're ready to pass the test here in the, in the U.S. with our uh, submission. We plan to be aggressive in Latin America. So we'll be attending a number of those countries. Um, certainly, Colombia is also another country that we're very interested in going down and, and working in because it'll be an opportunity to, to get a lot more work done. So our goal is to, to get, you know, 100, 200 cases done down in Latin America prior to full commercialization in the United States. And as you can imagine, it gives us enormous advantages to our strategy to commercialize successfully. Um, and then once we get done with those those cases in Latin America, we'll be a much more informed organization in regards to what this technology can do on a larger scale. Um, and then we plan to, to, to work on distributorships down in Latin America because Latin America, um, for our technology in particular, um, could be really a game changer. Um, unfortunately, the technology that we're looking to not necessarily replace, but to um, to to be a complement to is very, very, very expensive. And unfortunately, uh, many countries have very little access to this technology. Uh, patients have to drive hundreds of miles to get to the main center. Um, and even then, it may be a long wait um, to get in. And we're able to provide the same technology at 10, 15% of the cost of traditional systems. So um, you can imagine what kind of access that will provide to folks in Latin America. So we're really excited about the opportunity down there. Uh, we're exploring uh, distributorships down there that make the most sense for us. Uh, and when the time comes to, to fully launch in Latin America, hopefully we'll be prepared to take care of patients down there as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Have you had prior experience uh, with regulatory approvals or commercial devices in Latin America? Your prior company? So I do not. I do not have any of that experience. But again, one of my mentors in Latin America um, has been uh, very helpful and insightful in regards to kind of the regulatory environment. And he doesn't claim to be an expert either, but certainly having run Latin America for a couple decades now, he has folks that he relies on from a regulatory perspective that has given us a little bit of feedback here and there. And when I think when we're ready to to launch down there and, and, and go through the process of each country's ministry of health, I think we'll be looking for you know, experts like you, right? That uh, Thank you. could help mm. navigate, could help us navigate those waters. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, Latin America, it's um, certainly uh, a challenging and potentially lucrative region. Challenging because it's, you know, you have 33 countries, every country with a different regulatory body, regulatory approval process and all that. But out of the 33 countries, most companies only focus on about five to seven countries. You know, the, the usual suspects, uh, Brazil, Mexico, Colombia, Argentina, Chile, Peru, uh, maybe Panama, Costa Rica, Ecuador, uh, and, and, and the rest of the countries are very small. Now, what's been your experience with the regulatory environment once you have FDA clearance? Um, very good. V very good. I mean, 
I, I will say that FDA or CE mark approval is kind of the the seal of 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 acceptance of key opinion leader acceptance. For example, I'm going to give you uh, the, the the case of Chile. Chile is a country that doesn't have a regulatory approval process. By law, is is it's wide open. You can import devices tomorrow in Chile without a regulatory uh, certificate. However, if you come to Chile with a product that is not FDA approved or CE mark approved, no key opinion leader in a reputable hospital will buy the product or will use the product on patients. So it's kind of a a, a market-driven regulatory process. <laughs> That's how it works. So also in Colombia, I mean, you you get, especially with, with lower-risk technologies, you get all these Chinese Indian companies trying to sell products in Latin America. Uh, however, I see the value of American products being on the on the higher risk spectrum, on the on the more sophisticated, on, on innovation. That's where American products really have a fit in the market, or a market fit. I'm sorry, and um, and and, and leaders will accept any FDA uh, approved product. I mean, any any day. Uh, in the, in, in the case of the regulatory approval process, the, every country in Latin America has a different set of reference countries. And for example, uh, Mexico uses FDA as a reference country, Canada, I mean, the US FDA, Canada, and, uh, Japan. Okay. Mexico doesn't accept CE mark. And that's odd. That's really odd. Mexico doesn't accept CE mark as a reference country or Europe as a reference country. However, Colombia accepts Europe as a reference country. So if you have FDA approval, uh, Canadian approval, uh, European approval, CMARC, uh, Japanese, Australian approval, then it's very straightforward to register a product in Colombia. Or you also need home country approval. Let's say you are a company from Korea, right? It's not a reference country, but you have the approval of your national regulatory agency to sell the product in Korea. So you have home approval. So that will help you get um, uh, access to the market in Colombia. However, a key opinion leader, as I said, will not look at the product favorably because it doesn't have FDA or CMARC approval, right? So makes all the sense in the world. Yep, makes all the sense. So anyway, Josh, so um, before we end the interview here, uh, any final words of wisdom, any final thoughts that you want to share with uh, the audience? I mean, if you have the CEO of a newer medical device company looking to do an early feasibility uh, trial or to sell innovation in Latin America, what would you say to him or her? Yeah, I would say find a key opinion leader in Latin America that is respected. Um, it also, it, I will say this, it also depends on that particular device company's exit strategy, right? Um, you know, I, I would argue that if their exit, I would argue that regardless of their exit strategy, that Latin America is a good place to go. Um, but if their exit strategy is not acquisition and it's a brick and mortar long term, then I would absolutely go down to Latin America and that choosing the right KOL might not be as important um, if acquisition is not a target. For example, we may choose um, a KOL based on one of our potential acquirers, right? Someone that 
know that they knew someone that they respect, et cetera. If your acquisition isn't your exit strategy, then that might not inform who you work with, right? You might go down there and work with who makes the most sense for your company, right? But regardless, you know, choosing the right KOL is important. That's a great uh, point. Hmm. I never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. So I would encourage them to, to go and find KOLs in, in the country that they find um, easiest to work and, and, and to do work in. And then um, develop those protocols alongside that physician. I would, uh, I would encourage them to use their counterparts, if it's a U.S. company, to validate some of the things that you're doing back and forth. I will say this. One of the huge advantages of working in, in Carlos's lab, for example, are he receives physicians from the United States all the time. Huge names, KOLs that go down there and do clinical work with them. So we've had the opportunity, for example, Dr. Sandeep Patel out of Texas, um, a very uh, respected name, actually did a case with, with Indosound in Ecuador on another live course that was being streamed globally. Um, so there was huge advantages there in the sense that an American doctor was now able to use our technology as well. But I would, I would strategically, I tell them to, you know, choose the right KOL and um, do as much work down there as possible to inform the R&D team. Do it as early as possible, right? Um, you know, doing it after your, your manufacturing process is validated and you have a go-to-market product isn't advantageous to anyone, right? Because they're not able to inform anything. So as early as they can get to Latin America um, with a KOL safely, I would go down there and learn. And I'd have your R&D team learn, you know, the pros and cons of your device. I would iterate quickly. And then I would get down there for additional clinical work as soon as you have your next device um, or prototype. And then from a commercial, from a commercial perspective, again, I would highly encourage um, those companies to go down and do as much work as possible once they've submitted to the FDA. You know, I've been um, a part of two very large organizations and, um, you know, some of the, the clinical work that, that was being done in the United States were oftentimes the first time uh, representatives like myself that were there saw the equipment in, in, in use. And I believe that was opportunity lost, right? If, if uh, we train our people on the products that we're selling at an earlier stage, um, that really benefits everyone. So we intend to go down there with our market development team to Latin America. We plan to train them down there so that when they're in the U.S., they're not watching their first endosound case that they've ever seen, right? They, and they know the benefits of our product, right? Not every product is perfect. Um, actually, there is no perfect product. So be able to understand the advantages and the disadvantages of the product so that we can set expectations with our customers here in the United States is going to be priceless. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Josh, for your insights and words of wisdom. So thank you for being in the show today. I really appreciate your time and you sharing your knowledge with your audience, and I look forward to being in touch. Yeah, thank you.